0: Welcome to episode 23 of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. My name is Samuel Adams, and if you're new here, this is a weekly show dedicated entirely to the world of Xbox, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world. So if you're new here and you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button on your platform of choice and get the show delivered to you every single week. And I feel like I'm always saying it, but this week's show is packed, and I mean that in a very big way. This was what I considered to be the biggest week in Xbox news in the past few months. A lot of big stuff going on, so let's just dive into it, shall we? Let's kick off today's show with a celebration coming from at beetle comet Alan Walsh, who is a communications specialist at Turn 10 Studios, who writes, quote, I feel so incredibly honored to share these words on behalf of everyone who worked on Forza Horizon 5 we've gone gold. I can't wait for you all to experience the game as we gear up to launch, for now get acquainted with the music of Horizon Mexico, and of course over the past few weeks they've been digging deeply into the music you can expect to be racing to in just a matter of days at this point, but Forza Horizon 5 is on the way, and it's coming very quickly. If you aren't familiar with the game, it's going to be one of the biggest releases of the season, coming on November the 9th, alongside and among a lot of other big games that are going to be releasing on Xbox as a platform, on console, in the PC space, and via the cloud. And you have a full rundown of those coming from Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, who is a very central part of today's show. We'll talk about that more in a moment who writes, celebrating three epic months of back-to-back blockbuster game launches in Xbox Game Pass. This has been a remarkable year for Team Xbox, and for you, our fans, Matt Booty writes on the Xbox Wire. We welcomed Bethesda to the family, announced a new slate of games together in June, and launched Psychonauts 2 and Microsoft Flight Simulator, two of the highest-rated games of the year, into Xbox Game Pass. 25 million players have now joined us in Sea of Thieves, and your passion for Series X-shaped appliances has made the mini-fridge a real thing. Our players are at the heart of everything we do, and we could not be more thankful for your incredible support. Now, just weeks before the 20th anniversary of Xbox in November, we are excited to kick off three epic months of back-to-back blockbuster game launches in Game Pass. The Age of Empires franchise has been a major part of Microsoft's gaming legacy for 24 years, and the October 28th launch of Age of Empires 4 will be our biggest yet, bringing the evolved real-time strategy game to a new generation on Steam and Game Pass for PC on day one. Minecraft will join Game Pass for PC on November 2nd, followed by new Minecraft Dungeons Seasonal Adventures in December and Caves and Cliffs Part 2 later this year. On November 9th, gaming's premier racing franchise returns when Forza Horizon 5's Open World Adventure in Mexico speeds into Xbox Game Pass. Our biggest Forza Horizon ever and winner of the most anticipated Game of E3 award, Forza Horizon 5 will launch simultaneously on Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, Windows PC, and Steam, and Game Pass, including console, PC, and cloud gaming. Microsoft Flight Simulator Game of the Year Edition launches November 18th as a free update for existing players, including Game Pass members, with five new aircrafts, eight new airports, new Discovery flights and tutorials, and highly requested community features like DX12 support. Microsoft Flight Sim will also release the exciting Reno Air Races which features the fastest motorsport on Earth, will also be available on November the 18th. Finally, the Master Chief returns on December 8th with Halo Infinite. This is the Halo we imagined 20 years ago, finally come to life in the largest Halo game we have ever made. Halo Infinite will be available in Game Pass when it launches across Xbox One, Series X and S, and PC. Game Pass Ultimate members will also receive monthly multiplayer bonuses as part of the Perks program. Our teams have also been expanding on the games you love. These last few months, you explored Minecraft Caves and Cliffs Part 1, Sea of Thieves, A Pirate Story, State of Decay 2 Homecoming, Grounded, Hot and Hazy, and last week's Halo The Master Chief Collection Season 8. We are honored that millions of you continue to play in these worlds together. Over the past two decades, the Xbox community has made gaming a place of joy, inspiration, education, and social connection. Games build bridges and forge bonds between friends and family, as well as give people new ways to connect. We invite you to join us on November the 15th to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Xbox and Halo with a fun digital broadcast for fans around the globe. While we won't announce any new games, this anniversary broadcast will be a special look back at 20 years of Xbox. We'll share more details soon, so stay tuned. We've been hard at work to deliver three months of back-to-back game launches, and while we hope you'll join us in celebrating 20 years of Xbox history, know that we're hard at work on the road ahead and what's to come in the next 20 years. So, I read this entire blog post because this gives a large overview of what to expect from Xbox as a brand and as a gaming destination over the course of the next three months, And it's looking pretty packed. Obviously, the standout successes here are Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite. Those are what I would consider to be the two big games coming for Xbox in 2021. But if you look at everything else that's happening within the Xbox ecosystem, and of course, for third parties that branch out to other ecosystems as well, There's a lot to celebrate. Psychonauts 2, of course, is a Microsoft Game Studios property, but it's also been put out on PlayStation systems as well. Age of Empires 4 is a PC exclusive, so that celebrates that section of the community. But on top of that, Doom comes to mind with the 6.66 update, I think is what it's actually called. Uh, But that brings a Horde mode that I'm excited to dive back into there. Quake, we talked about recently, getting its 4K 120 FPS support. There is so much to play already this holiday season with so much more to come. And we haven't even talked about Call of Duty Battlefield. Madden is one that comes to mind, although Madden is a controversial one. There are tons of games to play right now. Far Cry 6 is another one that pops into mind. Uh, But when it comes to this specific blog post and the area that Xbox finds itself in going into holiday 2021... This is a very strong lineup because not only are the games that people still love continuing to get regular updates and support, you're also seeing this preparation for the future. I love the fact that Halo Infinite is getting regular multiplayer updates and free perks for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers well after launch. That gets me as a subscriber very excited and it adds even more value into this subscription which we'll talk about in a moment, too, with some Grand Theft Auto news as well. Uh, But this year is looking incredibly exciting. And as we round out 2021 and look forward to 2022, I think this is a glimpse at the future because this is going to be the beginning of a repetitive cycle of this exact kind of blog post going out, where you see bangers up on this graphic. And you get excited because these are all coming. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber, you get access to them. And I know that we've talked about this before, But a tweet came up this week uh, from Hard Drive. If you don't follow Hard Drive, very great satirical outlet uh, that kind of pokes fun at the gaming industry. Uh, But I try to balance my approach to gaming. I try to award the successes that PlayStation has. I try to point out fantastic games like Metroid Dread behind me that Nintendo releases. Uh, And of course, I'm a huge fan of gaming in general. And I try not to sound like a Game Pass shill. But boy this service is good you know it just continues to provide more and more value and one of those games that is going to be providing a lot of value is going to be starfield so there is a new trailer out right now this story comes from pc gamers andy chalk who says starfield's new trailer reveals the settled systems and its factions I'd recommend you go give this a look. It's only about a minute and a half long, and it effectively gives you some more glimpses at some concept art, and it gives you an overview of how the world of Starfield is beginning to come together. So, Chalk writes, on PC Gamer, a new trailer for Bethesda's upcoming sci-fi RPG Starfield has landed, giving us a quick crash course in the game's setting, a small pocket of the Milky Way called the Settled Systems, and the factions who make it an interesting place to live. The Settled Systems extends outward from our solar system for a distance of roughly 50 light years and is dominated by two primary factions, the United Colonies and the Freestar Collective. A large-scale war occurred between them 20 years before the start of Starfield. War never changes, as that other Bethesda game says, and apparently neither does humanity's primal urge to wage it, and while that conflict eventually ended in an uneasy peace, the Settled Systems remains a dangerous place. Running afoul of the old beef between the two major players is not the only thing that Interbit explorers have to worry about. There are also threats from eclectic mercenaries, pirates of the Crimson Fleet, violent spacers, or even the fanatical religious zealots of the House of Varum. So that's just a glimpse as to what the world of Starfield has to offer but between this new teaser for starfield this sizzle blog for lack of a better term uh, that booty has put out on xbox wire and the conversation around forza horizon 5 and the confirmation that the game is going gold and that it's on the way There is just such an excitement in the air and I've never been happier uh, to be a part of this ecosystem. And this is one of the best times that I can remember uh, for players. This is such a great time to be invested in the world of gaming and to enjoy playing games in your free time, whether it be a religious play session each night or if you just get to pick up and play via the cloud when you have a couple of moments at work. There is so much to look forward to and I'm excited to share in it with you all in the weeks and months ahead through Exhibition and, of course, on Twitter and in the larger Xbox community. There's some great games on the way. Whether you were already playing games in the 2000s or you kind of grew into them as I did through the late 90s and into the 2000s and the 2010s, Grand Theft Auto was a game that continued to be a source of conversation around the lunch table. And later on during college, Grand Theft Auto 5 became this monstrosity in gaming. And I mean that in the kindest way. But there was always a huge respect for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And I have good news for Game Pass subscribers, but we'll get into that more in a moment. Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy The Definitive Edition has officially been announced, and it's launching on November the 11th, with a physical release coming on December the 7th. This news comes from Cameron Faulkner over at The Verge, who writes, Rockstar Games finally showed off a trailer for the remastered Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, including GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, showcasing many graphical and quality of life improvements made to each game. Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy, the Definitive Edition Collection, will launch digitally on November the 11th for $59.99. You will be able to play them on Switch, PS4 and 5, Xbox One Series X and S, and PC via the Rockstar Games Launcher. And of course, a physical release is coming on December the 7th, and iOS support and Android support will both come in 2022. This is where things get spicy. Xbox Game Pass subscribers will get instant access to Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the Definitive Edition, on launch day, while GTA 3, the Definitive Edition, will come to PlayStation Now on December the 7th, a couple of weeks later. So that's effectively the brief overview, but if you want to watch the entire trailer, highly recommend checking it out, and we'll look at it right here. This is... As good of a remaster as I think anyone could have really hoped for. And I think that this remaster specifically does a great job of balancing that original art style, which was obviously part of the goal, uh, with the modern graphics that a lot of people expect. Now, if you go in expecting the same treatment as to what happened with Resident Evil 2 and 3, whenever those were remade, you are going to be disappointed. But if you go in expecting that original game, but with a fresh coat of paint, with updated controls, which I think are a very big asset here, uh, and in general, those quality of life improvements that you would expect that came to be in Grand Theft Auto V, that's what you're going to be getting here. So effectively, this is going to be the best way uh, to play these legacy Grand Theft Auto games, and I'm excited to dive in. Will this be a day one purchase for me? More than likely not because San Andreas is coming to Game Pass, and so I'm telling myself that if I play through and I enjoy the way that the San Andreas remake has been done, or the remaster I should say has been done, uh, then I will go and I will buy the trilogy. Maybe if it's on sale or if I can buy each game independently, I would love to play Vice City. That's one that I've never played, but that soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, So I'm looking forward to seeing more about this game in the weeks ahead. Uh, But it's very interesting, I want to also say, that Rockstar is kind of double dipping here where you have PlayStation Now exclusivity for Grand Theft Auto 3 and you have Xbox exclusivity for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas when it comes to these subscription services. They're kind of giving each platform holder some love uh, and I definitely appreciate that. Now when it comes to which game is better, I don't want to get into that because Grand Theft Auto 3 and San Andreas and Vice City are all very different from each other. But those updated controls are certainly going to be a big boon, and this is going to be a pretty solid release for Rockstar that bridges the gap uh, between what the next Grand Theft Auto is promising to bring. And of course, we have the Grand Theft Auto V next generation release that's coming in 2022, uh, so this was a good way to kind of bridge that gap without necessarily having to rebuild every game from the ground up. Let's dig into one of the biggest stories of the week now. Ubisoft has reportedly finally greenlit a new Splinter Cell game. According to some inside sources, this is being reported from all over the industry. People are corroborating the reports. It seems like this is actually finally happening. Uh, And that's pretty much where the story stops. It's been a very long time since we saw a real Splinter Cell game, as BGC reports here. The most recent Splinter Cell game was 2013's Splinter Cell Blacklist, and the 8 years since its release represents the longest period without a new entry in the franchise since it debuted in 2002. What's disappointing is that Sam Fisher has been wheeled out and kind of put into these mobile games. He's been, I think, integrated into some Ghost Recon Wildland stuff. If I remember correctly, there was a Splinter Cell themed event in Rainbow Six Siege. I could be wrong about that last one, but Sam Fisher has traditionally been a part of Ubisoft promotional material for the past few years. And it's always seemed strange that they would bring him out and bring the promise of a new Splinter Cell game without actually delivering on that promise much at all. And so with that being considered, it seems like this is probably something that's been uh, discussed in boardrooms for quite some time. And I've been listening to a lot of different outlets talk about this, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts discuss the return of Splinter Cell and what they would want to see. And while I'm not the Splinter Cell fan, while I'm not the go-to guy when it comes to Splinter Cell, I would love to see Basically, a reskin of Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain without a lot of the weird Kojima stuff. And you just take that exact same feeling, that exact same tone, and that exact same movement, the playstyle, even. You bring that and you put that into a Splinter Cell game. And I am in. And I like the fact uh, that a lot of people are discussing this potentially being open world. Because again, I think about Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, where you did have this semi-open world with missions uh, that you could go do, but also zones you could explore. And I don't necessarily think that this has to be a Far Cry situation uh, where you have Sam Fisher capturing bases. I don't think you necessarily want that either. But I think that it could be balanced to where you do have an open world element that lets the player explore uh, and that you do have gadgets that help them navigate the terrain. Uh, I think that this is a great time to bring back this Black Ops agent and to really wheel him back out and put him into the spotlight uh, because people have been clamoring for this for so long. Uh, And of course, we see a lot of legacy projects coming back into the limelight where you have Metroid Dread, for instance, uh, being the first Metroid game in roughly like 20 years. So uh, with These returns of classic games, it seems prime time that Splinter Cell makes its return as well. Looking forward to following this one along. But if I were a fan, a hardcore fan of Splinter Cell, I would not expect this to be revealed next year or even the following year. Uh, I would say this is probably something that is just getting started but still very exciting to know uh, that reports are coming in and they seem to be legit. So we'll stay tuned and I will keep you guys in the loop as the news breaks each and every week. Now let's jump over to Axios, where Steven Totillo writes, Xbox Game Pass subscriptions have missed Microsoft's target. First and foremost, if you don't subscribe to Axios' gaming newsletter, it's a fantastic daily rundown by Steven Totillo. Really recommend getting into it. I love getting it in my inbox every weekday. Uh, But The news itself is pretty much right here in the buy the numbers section, where for the 12 months that ended on June 30th, Game Pass subscriber growth was up 37%, but the company had set a growth goal of 48%. In the company's prior fiscal year, which ran from mid-2019 through mid-2020, Game Pass subs were up 86%, exceeding a target of 71%. Now, of course, we don't have subscriber counts as of right now. Rumors have been circulating that 30 million is the number that Microsoft currently has. That's kind of a leak uh, that has not been confirmed. But I personally think that this is more of an issue of expectations for Microsoft. Uh, And I think that having healthy projections is very important because you don't want to regularly under project what you are going to be getting in terms of new growth in your subscription service. But 2019 into 2020 was a very unique year where you did have the COVID-19 pandemic come in and kind of shape a lot of perceptions around what entertainment was going to be like in the home for the foreseeable future. And that's whenever I jumped on board with the Game Pass. I subscribed towards the end of 2019. I want to say around like October, November 2019. uh, And throughout 2020, it was a great way to get a regular cadence of new games while we were staying remote, while we were uh, self-quarantining and staying safe indoors. And so I think that a lot of people probably jumped in in that kind of time frame and started to experiment with Game Pass. And I am sure that as more people have gone back to work, as more people have started to go back out uh, and re-engage with the entertainment sources that they probably had before the pandemic, uh, some of those subscribers uh, might stick around, but a lot of them might begin to fade away. Or at least that could be a contributing factor in the slower growth. Uh, But I will also say that I do think this has a lot to do with the projections that were set under the assumption that Halo Infinite would have been out last year. And I don't know if these were projections that were adjusted based on that, uh, that delay, but Halo is Xbox and Xbox is Halo. We've said that a lot here. You see a co-branded 20th anniversary campaign for these two games. Uh, and so whenever you have a Halo game on the horizon as we did last fall, and a new Xbox, you could assume that if that game were included with this $15 subscription service that was then also being given away as a month-long membership for free, or a three-month membership, whatever they're giving away, uh, with new Xbox systems, you could probably say a lot of people would subscribe to get access to that new Halo game. And so with that now being pushed to this year, I would expect a boon towards December and even starting in uh, November with Forza Horizon 5, where more people are getting on board because these big AAA games are coming. I mean, let's call it what it is. Psychonauts 2, it's good, but it's not going to get a swath of new subscribers to Game Pass. Age of Empires 4, I'm sure it's going to be fine, Wouldn't get me. I might play it because I have Game Pass, but it wouldn't convince me to subscribe. It's the big name games. Your Gears, your Forza, your Fable, your Starfield, your Elder Scrolls, your Doom. Those are the games that are going to be getting subscribers. Halo, of course. Um and so these big AAA games are important to keep a regular cadence and keep them coming because that's why people come to game pass you do get these third-party games i loved the artful escape i've talked about it in recent weeks i've been digging into the mighty goose a bit in my spare time and of course on top of that i'm about to go check out the new additions to game pass that dropped this week with echo generations uh, but those aren't the games that the majority of players want to play you have to give your standard Call of Duty Battlefield Madden player a reason to get Game Pass. You have to get them on board. Uh, And those big AAA games are what will get players engaged. And so I think uh, that these numbers could potentially see a bit of a rebound in November and December. Uh, But I think this growth goal is probably just poorly projected and not changed after the Halo Infinite delay. And of course, if anybody has any information on that, you can drop me a comment down below or hit me up on Twitter. But Game Pass continues to be a focus for Microsoft, and these numbers have to be solid uh, because otherwise you will have to change the way that Xbox is structured currently, uh, where these subscriptions are the focus. This new TV app that they have confirmed to be working on, that is the focus right now, and if the subscriptions aren't there you have to pivot. And if you don't pivot, you have what's happening right now with Google Stadia, where while these are not one-to-one ratios or one-to-one comparisons, uh, Google Stadia basically is crumbling, and now they're outsourcing the tech to companies like AT&T to give them a cloud infrastructure. And so with cloud being such a big part of Game Pass Ultimate, uh, you would think that maybe uh, they are factoring this in and really paying attention to the statistics. And I'm sure this is probably just one little oversight. Uh, But again, I have limited insight into how this all works. I will say Game Pass continues to be a great value and Xbox continues to crush it. I think they just need those big AAA games to keep that flow of new subscribers coming in or at least adjust their projections if they're finally starting to hit the roof of this big growth spurt that they've been experiencing over the past couple of years. Now let's jump over to GamesBeat with Jeff Grubb who writes Xbox is working with developer Mainframe on a cloud MMO with scaling complexity. What does this all mean? Let's check it out. Grub writes, quote, Finish Studio Mainframe is working on a cloud native MMO adventure for Xbox Game Studios. That's according to reporter Jazz Corden on the Xbox 2 podcast, and it's something that I've separately confirmed through independent sources. Mainframe's game goes by the working title PAX Day, and it's something that people on the Xbox team are excited about for multiple reasons. Cloud native here means that players can access the same game through any device. The studio is also exploring potential gameplay mechanics that can only work in a game that exists primarily on a remote server. One key concept, however, is the mechanics scale in terms of complexity. While anyone can do anything in packed day on any device, certain tasks will make more sense depending on where you're playing. So if you're on your phone at work, you can open up the game and quickly do some crafting or resource farming, then when you get home to your PC or console, you can take on some of the more complex missions like raids. But key Xbox figures are also excited about PAX Day because of its value in highlighting hurdles with cloud based development. The hope among those at Microsoft is that PAX Day can create an opportunity to set up best practices for this kind of game, and then other studios can run that same playbook in the future. This is also being used, according to Jeff Grubb, uh, to kind of plan the Hideo Kojima game and really bring that technology into that project, which is still inching towards a deal being closed uh, to become a reality. So again, don't expect any news on that one anytime soon as of right now. But this sounds very unique to me. And it's also very risky for a couple of different reasons. First and foremost, cloud is still such a new technology that a lot of people, while the infrastructure may have improved greatly, may not want to get on board with it. And so you have the risk associated with creating a product that might be a little bit risky in terms of engagement. It might be a little bit lackluster in terms of player engagement to begin with. But on top of that, the MMO space is very difficult to break into, especially when you don't really have any kind of experience in it, uh, in terms of brand recognition or name recognition. Uh, One that is really kind of surprising me personally is Amazon Game Studios New World. Of course, that is an MMO that is really uh, taking over the world by storm, and it seems like it's actually much better than a lot of people had expected that it would be, and it's improved greatly since it was delayed earlier this year. But... World of Warcraft remains the king in terms of MMOs. And then on top of that, uh, you also have Final Fantasy uh, still maintaining a pretty strong hold. But if a game like The Elder Scrolls Online can't gain that public recognition that a lot of people expect, I find it difficult to think that an MMO that is experimenting so heavily with the cloud uh, could make a dent. But let's assume this works out really, really well. In concept, this sounds very neat because if you are completely encapsulated in this world and it's available on any device, it would be awesome to be able to do anything you want. But from a realistic standpoint, let's say that there is some kind of limited time event going on in the game that gives you a piece of armor if i'm not at home to make that happen it would be great to be able to do that on the go and then manage my inventory directly from my phone or if i did want to log into my gaming pc uh, or my cloud gaming pc i should say i can head to an edge browser or a chrome browser or whatever browser and boot up the game directly there. So if I'm not at home with my gaming PC with the game installed on it, or my console with the game installed on it, I can just access this game through a remote server, log in, and I'm good to go. Um, I'm curious as to what the monetization looks like for this, because if this is a free-to-play game, could be really good depending on the team behind it, Uh, because at the heart of every MMO is great lore. And so if the story isn't there uh, to engage players and to build out this world, then it might not be a world that people want to live in. Uh, And I think that's really what the difference is going to be with this MMO is that you have to build a world that people don't mind being completely infatuated with 24 hours a day, because that is when they play on their work computer. That's when they play on their phone. That's when they play on their mobile device, uh, tablet, whatever it might be, or on their console. You have to make an engaging world that people love living in. Uh, And so I'm excited to see how this technology impacts potentially a Kojima project, but in general, I'm just excited about cloud, because I think there is so much that can be done with it. And the breakthroughs, for instance, uh, that Nvidia has made this week with GeForce, where they are upping that subscription a bit, uh, but also giving players the ability to tap into the power of RTX 3080s and lower that latency even more. That's when you're going to be seeing some pretty big impacts. Uh, That's when you're going to be seeing some really revolutionary stuff happen. And I wouldn't even be surprised uh, to see Microsoft offer something similar where a more powerful data center uh, could be offered. Where we started with Xbox One hardware, we've since been upgraded to Series X hardware. I'd love to see a new tier of Game Pass that was potentially cloud Focused, which we've talked about before, uh, where this could be something that comes out alongside this television app or a streaming stick, whatever it might be, Um, it would be amazing to see another tier that taps into more powerful hardware that reduces latency even more. Or if Microsoft was smart, which they are, they'll just do that anyway. Make that latency as low as possible. Find new ways to streamline that communications process between servers and the users and really make the most of it. And I'm sure uh, that they have Teams hard at work over there. But very exciting stuff here, and I'm looking forward to seeing what this MMO ends up being again once, once more. Don't hold your breath on this one. Don't think it's going to be released or announced anytime soon, but the technology and the experimentation, that's what makes breakthroughs, not only for Xbox, but for other players in the space. Now let's dive into some new games coming to Xbox Game Pass. Some are out now, some are coming soon. A lot of them I'm excited about. Coming soon to Xbox Game Pass, Age of Empires 4, Dragon Ball Z, and more. This comes from Megan Spur, community lead at Xbox Game Pass, who writes, In this edition of Coming Soon to Game Pass, we are bringing you a variety of games to look forward to. Seeking an epic fighting game experience, want to explore space from your couch, looking for a real-time strategy game with deep roots in the history of PC gaming coming day one with Game Pass for PC, we've got you covered on all of the above and much more. It's going to be a great month. Let's jump in. So available now, you have Into the Pit on Cloud Console and PC, Outriders on PC as well, and then coming soon, which is actually also out now because this is a couple of days old, you have Dragon Ball Fighter Z coming to Cloud and Console, Echo Generation on Cloud Console and PC, Everspace 2 Game Preview on PC, and then coming next week, you have Age of Empires 4 on PC, on October the 28th. Additionally launching on October 28th for the service, Alan Wake's American Nightmare on console and PC, and Backbone on console, along with Bassmaster Fishing 2022, Nongon's Double Ganger Edition, and The Forgotten City. Big day on October 28th to say the least. Now, on top of that, there are also a couple of DLC and game updates. You have the Master Chief Collection Season 8, which we've talked about, a new Grounded Hot and Hazy update, Minecraft the Spooky Gordian, and Minecraft Dungeons the Spookier Fall Event. A lot going on in terms of perks coming for Game Pass subscribers. If I had to pick one game to play out of all of these... It'd be really difficult, but I think I might lean towards The Forgotten City. I've heard a lot of good things about this. It originated as a PC mod and then eventually evolved into its own thing. So I'm looking forward to reading more about this and getting into it. But there are lots of highlights here. Into the Pit is one that sticks out for me. Echo Generation is one that I'm on the fence about but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Non-Gun's Double Ganger Edition, I love the art style of, and I'm absolutely going to be diving into it, Uh, but also Alan Wake's American Nightmare. I'm into some Alan Wake. I might not have been the biggest fan of Alan Wake, and I personally don't think that the Alan Wake remaster really looks that good, Uh, but I've never played American Nightmare, so it's one that I absolutely want to check out. Uh, But overall, very strong month for Xbox Game Pass ahead of an even stronger November and December. Of course, we also have the addition in there of the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas release. So, getting even stronger by the day. Uh, if you do want to pick up any of these, though, the respective dates are down below, and you can always tune in to the Xbox Wire to get the latest updates. But on top of that, Among Us is also launching with Xbox Game Pass on December the 14th. This comes from Victoria Tran, Community Director at InnerSloth, who takes to the Xbox Wire to write Crewmates, we're excited to share the big news that Among Us is coming to Xbox One, Series X and S, and Xbox Game Pass on December the 14th. We are so excited. Wait, what was that? I think I heard a vent just open. Oh God, is that an imposter? Call an emergency meeting. Save yourself. Run. I love the fact that this is how they make the announcement. So this is also coming to playstation systems as well Uh, and i believe nintendo switch is also included in this release but if you've been waiting for among us this is now the time to get involved get in there and play some of this game that really did take 2020 by storm my big question here is can lightning strike twice and i'm on the fence about it if i'm being honest because 2020 was a really unique time where Fall Guys took over and Among Us then took over and it continued to become a bigger and bigger deal uh, to the point that it was a cultural moment. I mean, you see TikToks being made uh, of Among Us and you see this being such a big content creator game and it created so many conversations within the community. But I think that it might be falling off a tad. Or I could just be out of touch. I feel the same way about Fortnite most of the time, and then that still seems to be one of the biggest games that people continue to play time and time again. So I I could just be a bad judge of what's popular and what's not right now, but... Among Us, coming to Xbox and branching out of that PC exclusivity is obviously a great move. And I think that because of the way the game has continued to iterate with new maps, uh, or I should say new map, I think there's one new map, but more could be on the way. uh, It's nice to see this indie team continue to support their game and put their other games on hold. Uh, to really build this community and make something cool so among us coming on december the 14th to xbox game pass tune in stay tuned and install it on day one if you do want to but between this blog post and this blog post we've got a lot of games coming on top of stuff like forza horizon 5 which takes up like 100 gigs huge game with that one halo infinite as well obviously going to be big with those textures and that huge open world you can now get an even bigger expansion card from Seagate. A new 2TB and 512GB Seagate storage expansion card is now coming for the Xbox Series X and S. I will say I made a full video on this earlier in the week over on youtube.com/slash Sam. But in short, you have two options: 512GB for $139.99 and a 2TB option for $399. Uh, and again, this is the exact same design that we've seen on the one terabyte release that came out alongside the launch of the Series X and S last year. But what I said in the video earlier this week, I'll repeat again here. $399 is A LOT. We're talking about $100 more than the price of an Xbox Series S. Uh, And between these two new releases, I think the 512GB model could be good enough to get the Xbox Series S up to where it is a reasonable daily driver where if you do cycle up through a lot of Xbox Game Pass games, the Series S has worked up until this point, but even then, 512 gigabytes and less than that, uh, when you consider the amount that both these expansion cards and the internal drive within the console itself uh, has to reserve for system memory and system processing and the operating system and whatnot, uh, that has always been difficult. And so to be able to get that up to roughly one terabyte, uh, that is a big boost. I've loved my one terabyte expansion card. I think that Xbox could do a bit better uh, with the way the games are installed. I still have to approve every game that is installed on the expansion card rather than it just acting as a true expansion for the internal. I would love to see the software kind of do that automatically because if I'm out of space on the internal drive, chances are probably going to want to install it on the expansion card. That's why I bought it. Um, I digress. These cards are great because they give people choice, but I still wish they were cheaper. $399 for a card. If you are a power user and you go to a Best Buy to pick up an Xbox Series X this holiday season, somehow you find one, uh, you buy a $500 console, a $400 expansion card. You haven't even bought any games or accessories yet. And with tax, you're already looking at $1,000. That's got to change, and I think it will change. I don't think Xbox is marking these up beyond belief because, of course, the velocity architecture and the compatibility here are a big deal. I compared the speeds of the highest-end PS5 SSDs or one of the highest-speed PS5 SSDs to the velocity architecture, and from what I'm reading, it sounds like these are way faster. How much that will impact the end-user experience, Yet to be determined. You can do your own testing if you would like, but I can't wait for the day that SSD technology is the price of hard disk technology today, where if I went to pick up a classic hard drive, I can get terabytes of storage for 50 bucks, 40 bucks. Sometimes if I'm buying it used. Um, you know, I've got a four terabyte external drive, that is ready and waiting. And I think I got it for roughly 20 or $30 at like a yard sale. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that kind of experience. But as I said in the video that I made earlier this week, you can also use Xbox One games on an external drive. You can load 360 and original Xbox games on just a USB drive if you would like to. Now, those loading times won't be there. And of course, you can't load next generation experiences onto these older hard drives. But In the meantime, as prices continue to drop and as new technology comes out, could be a good way to save a couple of bucks and starve off that need for an expansion card like this. But if you do want the dive in, the 512 gigabyte is up for pre-order right now through Walmart. The 2 terabyte, I believe, will be through Target, uh, and that is going to be coming in December. But the 512 gigabyte is going to be coming in November. So you can look forward to that, uh, but ultimately I think the five twelve is going to be the big winner this holiday season, and I think that's kind of shown through the fact uh, that it's the first you can pre-order. Um, it's clear that these consoles need more memory. That's very evident uh, when you have Call of Duty and Halo and Battlefield and Forza, and these big games continue to come out, and you have this ecosystem that continues to support these games, you have more people playing more games, which is great, but you have to have a place to store them until the cloud technology gets better. Uh, And of course, that's already getting better right now. I digress. I could ramble all day. You have two new expansion cards if you do want to check them out. And after an entire year nearly with the one terabyte card, I have no complaints whatsoever. So dive in, give it a shot. This is one of the best and easiest ways uh, to get next-gen storage expansion for a cost. But the ease is there, but it's still pretty pricey. But that wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, and Xbox podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about this huge episode that we had today. What is your most anticipated game of the holiday season, For me, of course, it's going to be Halo Infinite. I'm in love with the universe. It's my most anticipated game of 2020, and it became my most anticipated game of 2021. But Forza Horizon 5, if it's nearly as good as Forza Horizon 4... I'm absolutely going to be in, and I think it's going to be even better. So those are my two picks from Xbox this holiday season, but I would love to hear yours. And in general, let me know how you're thinking and how you're feeling about Xbox one year into the new generation and 20 years into the brand itself. Drop a thought down below. But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon and keep on playing.